This is the Big Kids Show. I'm your host, Mark, and welcome into the Big Kids Sandbox. With me, I've got Big Nick and Mr. B. Tonight, we are playing a Big Kid original and a Big Kid favorite. This is our favorite game show, and that's right, kiddos. You will not find this anywhere else. Our game show tonight is called No Foes. Now the, the audience has calmed down a little bit. No phones is simple. Each of you are going to be asked questions based on a topic. We're going to have two rounds tonight. So each round will have specific categories. You choose the category. I'll read you a question from said category. If you get the question right, you get a point. If you get it wrong, you get nothing. Nothing. All right. Now, as I mentioned, the game of the fa- uh, the name of the game is No Phones. What could that mean, you ask? It means you are on your own. You cannot use your phone, computer, any type of device, or a person to assist you with the answer. If you are caught using anything other than your big kid brains, you will be eliminated and forever shamed on this show. Player with the most points after both rounds are played and all of the questions have been asked is our winner. Mr. B comes in. With a highly touted five and two overall record. And Nick comes in with a pretty steady three and one record. But right. here's the key Big Nick is undefeated against Mr. B. Mr. B yes. has not pulled off the victory against Big Nick yet. Ouch. So high stakes once again tonight to see if Mr. B can break the streak and finally get on the board against Big Nick. Feeling strong. Feeling strong. No pressure, guys. No pressure. All right, so we will take turns, and the order will be decided by the most fair manner possible in the world, a coin flip. So, with that, let's flip a coin. Brian, you get to call it, my friend. Are you ready? I'm ready. Tails, no, 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 never fails. Never fails. Here we go. And tails it is. (laughs) Mr. B on the board. All right. So. Collusion. (laughs) (laughs) all right so guys for each round you will get as much time as i deem you should get to answer your question um so that may be variable but we'll play it as we go and let's go ahead and get the topic announced for tonight so for tonight's topic gentlemen this is what i would call a paradise of some sort um let me let me let me tell you what i mean As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. (laughs) Henry Hill. (laughs) I know I'd go. That's right, gentlemen. (laughs) We will be talking about a pair of the best gangster movies from the 1990s tonight. And I will confidently call this Volume 1. Because as we know, there are way too many good 90s gangsters movies to cover in a single episode. So, gentlemen, I'm going to quit rambling before I get whacked. Let's get into it. All right, Mr. B, you are up first. Our first round is going to be on said movie that you guys just heard from. That would be Goodfellas. Mm -hmm. So we've got three different categories to choose from tonight in this first round. So first one is classic over or under. And then we've got which is it and who done it. All right, so you got three options over or under, which is it, who done it. Where'd you like to start, Mr. B? Go over under. Good, sir. Over under. All right. 
So there's an iconic scene where a camera follows Henry Hill and Karen into the famous New York City Copacabana nightclub. And the entrance scene starts outside the club and follows them cutting through the line to a set of stairs that takes them downstairs to a side entrance. From there, they take a hallway and go through the bustling kitchen of the club, across the nightclub floor, eventually ending with a waiter carrying a table overhead and setting it in front, right in front of the performer, Henry Young. Here's your question. How many takes were needed to capture that iconic scene from the movie? <laughs> the over-under starts at six. Wow. And you're right, because it's a, it's a one-camera shot, so you know extras had to be on their marks. And over-under at six, yeah. just off the rip, I got to go that it's over, because I'm sure that was a difficult scene to time it in the way that the uh, you know, director really wanted. So I'm going to go over. Lock it in. He sounds confident. We, we've got Joe Pesci with the uh, judging, judging panel Oh, Hey, Joe, what's up, buddy? Joe does not look happy with that answer, but let's see. Joe never looks happy uh. sometimes, so here we go. All right, so it took a total of, drum roll, eight takes to get this scene correct. Mr. Yeah. B, you are on the board to get us started. Scoreboard. So you have the first point of the night. Well done, right off the kick. Thanks, buddy. I like it. And, and so far, I just, I love this. I love everything about this right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Big Nick. So we got our three options. We've got over or under, which is it, or who done it? I'll go over and under. Over? Or over. And or under. under. Or over or under. <laughs> which way will we go? No one knows. All right. How many murders took place on screen in Goodfellas? And this comes with a disclosure that does, this does not include the deaths that result from Jimmy Conway's handiwork following the airline heist. Okay, so that's the one exception to this question. Okay. So how many murders took place on screen in Goodfellas? The over-under is set at four. Let's watch this hmm. brain just bubble with knowledge. You know, I've been out the game for a while, but not too long. Um, then I will put the, I will go with the over. Hit, sound, me, hit me with the over, yeah. You sound pretty confident. Is that, a, is, is that a been locked out the in game over? for a while, but not too long, yeah. Lock right. it in. All right, locking it in. All right, so I'm just going to list off the people that we've got here that met an unfortunate end on our uh, Goodfellas journey. So we had Spider, we had Billy Bats, we had Stax Edwards, and we had Tommy. And we had Maury, which would give us five. So you would be correct, Big Nick. I felt like five was the answer. Thank you. Yes, yes. Well played. Good, sir. You would be correct. So that evens us up at one point apiece. Well done, Mr. B. We've got questions in all categories available still. Would you like over under? Which is it or who done it? Let's go with who done it. Who done it? Who? Who? All right. One of the mobster wannabes, Spider, was shot twice by Tommy, who's played by Joe Pesci. The first time, Tommy thought his drink order was ignored. The second time, Spider talked back to Tommy. And one of the guys says, you're going to let him get away with that? What's the world coming to? The question for you, sir, is... Who uttered this line? Was it Jimmy Robert De Niro or was it Henry Ray Liotta? 
And it's funny because I remember that scene clearly because I've enjoyed that movie. And it is De Niro, Jimmy. Uh, he said, you got to let him get away with that. What's the world coming to? So lock it in. Jimmy. Jimmy. Well, Joe Pesci just raised his glass and he approves. And you are correct, sir. That would be Robert De Niro. Good job. All right, Mr. B. You guys are off to a swimming start. Hey, we're good. There's some tougher questions coming in. We're good fellas. We're good fellas. (laughs) You guys know your good fella history. That's good. All right, Big Nick. Back to mm-hmm. you, open in all categories, over or under, which is it, who done it? How about a little, which is it? Which is it? So, as we heard in the beginning, as far back as he can remember, Henry Hill wanted to be a gangster. Mm-hmm. What was his first mob job? Was it selling illicit cigarettes or was it parking cars? <laughs> It's been forever since I've seen this movie. You should have watched it. And both both of these make sense. Both of them make sense because before you said parking cars, I, I was already picturing the cigarettes before you even gave out the choices. So I'm just going to go with the, the cigarettes is my answer. All right, don't so feel good about it, though. Take it easy on me, Joe. Take it easy I don't on feel me. good about it. I've never felt good about anything in my life. Eat a Snickers. It's not a good way to uh, put an answer to any gangster. Like, I'm not feeling good about it. All right. So, selling illicit cigarettes. Lock it in, judges. There's our answer. All right. So, the correct answer would not be the selling of illicit cigarettes, and it would indeed be parking cars. Although... Yes. Some illicit cigarette selling does happen later in the movie, Big Nick. I am afraid you have struck out on that one. Sorry, buddy. All right. Mr. B, kicked over to you. We got something in every category. Over, under, which is it? Who done it? Let's go back to who done it? Who done it? Oh, Big Nick is just shaking his head in anger. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Who ends up whacking loudmouth Maury? Was it Jimmy, Robert De Niro, or was it Tommy, played by Joe Pesci? That is, that's a little trickier one. All right, we're stepping it up. <laughs> so, so repeat the, the question, who is the person again? Nope, you've had your chance. So who ends up whacking? So if you remember, Maury is the guy that he's got the advertisement of him jumping yes. into the pool. Right. And he's kind of the obnoxious guy who was always talking about getting paid and, you know, hassling people about getting his money. So who ends up whacking that loudmouth named Maury? Was it Jimmy, who's played by Robert De Niro, or was it Tommy, played by Joe Pesci? See, and I want to say Jimmy, but I'm going to go against my brain and call it <laughs> Tommy. Because I, I, I think of the scene, they actually are, they get in a the car, they're like, it's the end of the night, they're going to get breakfast. And I, so I think it's, uh, Mighty, mighty Joe Pesci, who kills him. Joe, you're, uh, Joe Pesci squinting over here. You uh, he, sure that's your answer? You locking he, it in? He's squinting because he's getting old. So. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell him that. Ouch. He's like 85, isn't he? <laughs> no, calm down. He was just joking, man. He's just kidding. Lock it in. Tommy, All right, Joe Pesci. All right. We got the result in. Answers locked in. Here we go. All right. So, Maury was shot in the, from the back seat of a car. You are correct there. And it was Tommy that shot him from the back seat of said car. Mm. Mr. B, you are three for three and on a good fellow roll, oh, my friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man. 
Really? Uh, like he's really getting the easy question. <laughs> Softball. <laughs> Softball. Hey, you're picking the categories, Big Nick, and now's all your right. next chance. So we've got all three categories open still. We've got over under. Which is it? Who done it? Oh, uh, who done it? <laughs> who done it? All right. This is our last question from Who Done It. So this will retire that category. Okay. But uh, but here we go. All right. So. Another iconic scene is the, how am I funny scene? Well, this really happened to one of the actors in the movie. So the question for you, Big Nick, was it Joe Pesci or was it Ray Liotta that this happened to in real life? This really happened to one of the actors in real life. So the idea for the scene where they're in the restaurant, Ray Mm -hmm. Liotta says to Joe Pesci, you're, he's laughing at a joke and he says, you're funny. And then Joe Pesci gets right. real serious, right? And says, funny what, do you, what do you mean I'm funny? How am I funny? So that I'm, happened I'm to, in real life. <laughs> exactly. So that happened in real life to one of these two gentlemen. And that's how it came into an idea for the movie. So oh, was it Joe okay. Pesci? Okay. Or that's- was it Ray Liotta? That's that it happened to in real because life. Because I'm going to say it's happened to Joe Pesci a thousand times since the movie. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. He can't go yeah, out there. Yeah. He goes out to Wendy's and they're like, oh, exactly. funny guy. He's right. so funny, Joe. Right. He's shaking okay. his head right now, just so you know. He doesn't think it's funny at all. I'm going to go with Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta. Oh, you mean right. Ray- Raymond Liotta? <laughs> so, locking that in, Ray Liotta? Lock it in. Liotta. All right. So Joe Pesci's oft parodied You Think I'm Funny scene was actually a story Pesci told to Martin Scorsese about a scenario (laughs) from his life. As a young man, Pesci was a waiter in New York when he said to some wise guy, you're funny. And I guess the guy turned it around on him. Mm -hmm. So an interesting thing also with that scene. I know Big Nick doesn't care now because he's crying in his beer, but... um, (laughs) Leota and Pesci actually rehearsed that scene with Scorsese, but did not tell any of the other actors that were in the room. And a couple of the other guys that were in the room with them that were on camera as a part of that scene were actual wise guys. So, so part of this movie was Scorsese actually brought in legitimate gangsters as extras, you know, to sit around and they wanted to get those guys actual reaction of Joe Pesci doing something that they had no idea that was coming. So I thought that was pretty cool. And Scorsese used a couple cameras to get, you know, that real surprise and tension from the extras. So I thought that was extras were out on work release. Yes, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Well, I'm getting my head kicked in a little bit, a little bit. You haven't gotten whacked yet, but you're definitely Uh, taking a couple over the head. You 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 insult a a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. I've not been whacked yet, but I'm in the trunk and they're driving me out to the pines, my friend. Yeah, you might be in the trunk. I I think I hear some banging from the back seat. Absolutely. (laughs) All right, Mr. B, we're down to two categories left. You got over or under or which is it? Let's go with which is it? Which is it? What's the name of the bar that gets torched by Henry and Joe Pesci's Tommy DeVito? Is it Salerno Lounge or is it the Bamboo Lounge? Oh, and you know what? The only reason why, because I remember when they were like putting up the little things are hanging and I remember seeing tiki stuff. So I've got to go with this, the Bamboo Lounge, because I remember they were hanging these like, they almost look like 
tampons soaked in gasoline or something, right? <laughs> you guys remember that? <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's been like 20 years since I've seen this movie. Oh, That's man, we, the problem, yeah. Big Nick. You got to yeah. rehash. So I, I'm going to go with uh, the what you say, Bamboo Club. Bamboo I, Lounge. Bamboo Lounge. Lock it in. Boom. Lock it in. All right. Judges, you hear that? All right. It's locked. Four for four, Mr. B. That's oh, pretty good, man. You are off to a uh, quite a run here. Oh, so man. I'm feeling I'm feeling strong. Feeling strong. Man, big Nick. You gotta uh you gotta start digging your own grave here soon, man. I'm gonna have to get out my phone. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't do that. All right. So we got uh over or under, or we got which is it left? I don't big think Nick. it matters at this point. Let's go <laughs> over and under. <laughs> I didn't realize that Mr. B, uh, his his uncle Marty, uh, put out this great movie back in the nineties. Oh. I'm pretty sure Mr. B just watched this last weekend. And, right, uh, right. <laughs> that was the, right. the, uh, the the party that I wasn't invited to. No, that yeah. was that was my uh, thesis in college. <laughs> it was just a good fellows watching party. <laughs> All right. So Joe Pesci portrayed the crime family associate Thomas DeSimone under the name Tommy DeVito in the movie. Uh, DeSimone was every bit as ruthless, explosively tempered and murderous as his on-screen counterpart. One thing that was not accurate was the age. So Pesci was in his late 40s when he took the role. Mm-hmm. How old was the man Pesci was portraying in real life, Thomas DeSimone, when he lost mm-hmm. his life? And I'll set the over under at 29. I'm going to go under, Mark. Under? Wow. Yes, I feel good about it, too. That was a very quick yeah, answer. He looks confident. He's feeling confident. He thinks he has the keys to get out of the trunk. Let's see if he's got it. Hey, the key fits, Big Nick. On the board Ooh. again. You are correct, sir. He was 28 years old. Now, there was one other difference. He, uh, <laughs> there's a little bit of a height discrepancy. I'll, I'd imagine. DeSimone, so we all know Pesci. I think he's 5'4", somewhere around there. DeSimone actually st- yeah, right, maybe. Heels. <laughs> stood 6'2", and weighed 225. Okay, so, so was- can you imagine Joe Pesci in that movie right. with that type of attitude on a dude that's 6'2", 225? Yeah, that's that's not a guy you want to mess with. I wish I was well, 6'2", 225. <laughs> and I just used a little bit of uh, reasoning there when when I think of high, you know, high motor tempered, uh, bad tempered guys. I think of young dudes. Yeah, so. They're not going to make it to 40. Right. Or 30 right. even. Right. Very, very smart way of yeah. doing it. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, good point there, big guy. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> All right, guys. So we got we got two questions left for Goodfellas. They are both in the which is it category. Give a quick score update for our listeners out there. Mr. B has four points. Big Nick has two. So still well within reach. Mr. B, let's kick it your way. There were discussions of casting a different actor and actress as Henry Hill and Karen Hill. Tell me which duo was considered by the filmmakers. Good question. Was it Tom Cruise and Madonna? Or was it Al Pacino and Nicole Kidman? Oh, that's a good one because I think Tom Cruise is considered for like every role. Um, right, right. They write movies and they're just like, yeah. well, we'll ask Tom. Uh, I mean, and Al Pacino sounds like what you want me to say because he, I'm sure, was thought of 
being tied with that? Oh, that's a great Ooh, wow. question. Man. So I, w- I, will pre- I will preface this a little bit. This Give is me more hints. This is the only publicized duo I could find that was in mention to play these two roles besides the ones that were cast. I think also Weird Al Yankovic was also... Uh, <laughs> it was an option. It was a, uh, you know, they I'm, might have thought about it on the yeah. toilet one night. The director know. turned that down. I mean, I yeah. Pacino sounds right, which makes me think that it's going to be Tom Cruise. So I'm going to go with Tom Cruise and Madonna because they were both ridiculously popper, popular when this movie came out. So lock it in, Cruise and Madonna. Cruise and Madonna, judges, lock it in. All right, we've got the results, Mister B. Unfortunately for Big Nick, you have scored your fifth <laughs> point in a row. That's what I would have went with too. Cruz and yeah, Madonna have, oh. have really man. See, I thought the Tom Cruise and Madonna. I didn't see that at all. Well, no, and of course after the fact, you're like, if they would have cast them, that movie would have been terrible. Yeah, I, I, I definitely Madonna's couldn't Italian. see that. She could pull it off. Oh, she right? maybe could have, but Tom Cruise. I could see Madonna pulling it off, but Tom Cruise. Uh, you're like, right. Tom Cruise couldn't act his way out of a paper bag. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if I see him as a mobster. You know what I mean? No, like, I don't uh, know. I don't know. But I also didn't see him as the uh, the funny guy at uh, Tropic Thunder, right? That's like, true. Uh, yeah. That that's was true. out of left field. Good, good point. That's true. Oh, that point felt good. I needed that one. That's Somebody <laughs> cast him as a samurai at one point, too, <laughs> oh, yeah. which, was, yeah, which last, was really bizarre. The last samurai. Good choice. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's why, the, that's why he, the, that was the last one. Yeah. I got to say, I will say that the Tropic Thunder role with Tom Cruise is incredible. It's incredible, man. Like that, that has to be one of the funniest roles that I've ever seen, especially if you, I think if you watch that one all the way to the end at the credits, yeah, there's credits. He's doing the song and the day. Oh my goodness. Well, and I saw it. Yes. I saw it in the theater and had no clue that that was going to happen. And so when it, when he pops up on the screen, nobody had told me that he was in it in like the surprise role. Yeah. And it was it was incredible. Yes. Yeah. Good stuff. So before we do our last question here, Big Nick, I'm just curious, because you said you haven't seen this movie in like 20 years. Do you rewatch? And this isn't this isn't, you know, being smart ass or anything. Do you rewatch movies that you enjoy? Was this one that you didn't enjoy as much? Why, why do you think it's been so long since you've seen it? So I'm very particular on the movies that I rewatch. Um, not that this is not a good one. I feel like I've seen bits and pieces of it uh, again and again it's always on amc or something yeah like start to finish i do not think i've seen it since i I mean when did it come out late 90s mid 90s uh, 1990 yeah okay that you didn't give away something for later but uh yeah i feel like i feel like the last time i watched it i was Drinking underage <laughs> during the course of right, the movie. So, like, so this is a big I, Nick seventeen-year-old movie watch. No, you're right. I, you're I actually, pulling a Henry I, Hill. No, I can recall watching it for the last time, probably with a group of buddies. I must have been about nineteen, twenty years old. You know, we got you know got pizzas and plenty of beers, and, and, a bunch of sodas, some sodas. <laughs> what what do we got the score at here, Mark? I'm trying to keep track. We got so Mr. right B. now it is five to two, and you have five one question two. remaining in the first round. All right, I better do good here. Or we're in trouble. Yeah, we need some points here, Big Nick. Hit me with really... the question. Hit me. All right. <laughs> Which is it? Is the category? Which New York crime family is primarily represented in Goodfellas? Is it the Genovese family? Or is it the Lucchese family? Oh, that's a tough one. 
Oh, I love it. Well, <laughs> Genovese or Lucchese? I'll go with the uh, Genovese. Yeah. Let me go with that. So, one. Sounds good. All right. Locking it in. I do not feel good about this choice. <laughs> I do not feel good about possibly offending either one of these yes, families. About this category. Um, <laughs> at the end, we, want, we will post Nick's address and his biggest fears. I would like both of these families to know that if you need me to park cars or sell cigarettes for you, I'm your guy. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a relatively good driver still. Right. There you go. There you go. And a great parker. Relatively. Relatively. Not good at driving Clear. golf carts, though. <laughs> all right all right so the uh the answer is in big nick um i would love to give you good news but no that is incorrect it is the lucchese family okay wah, wah, wah. That was, so that was a pretty obscure one there because even i knowing the movie yeah. I, I know they mentioned it some at some point in the family yeah the it's movie, mentioned but- a couple times but yeah it's it's pretty wow. obscure it definitely you know sorry the, big the, nick the questions ratchet up as uh, as it gets closer to the end of the round. So, all right, gentlemen. Well, we are off to a uh, so-so start with Mr. B coming in with uh, five points. Big Nick with two. But the good news is it's a brand new category. We've got opportunity for Big Nick to make his comeback. So, gentlemen, let's hear your thoughts on the second movie choice and second category that we're going to go with tonight. And that would be a little movie by the name of reservoir dogs. <laughs> yes. I love that movie. <laughs> big Nick is shaking his head. Oh, like it's going to be a good night. for oh, Big Nick. <laughs> I, lo- I think the last time I, the last time I watched reservoir dogs was right before watching Goodfellas. <laughs> I mean, I love, I remember reservoir dogs. because Even the, the soundtrack to that movie is a great soundtrack. So it is a great soundtrack. If you guys want a good soundtrack, reservoir dog soundtrack. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling real good about this. one. <laughs> These are both incredibly good movies yes. too. I don't want, I'm not trying to make it sound like I'm, I'm a movie snob. These are good movies and movies that I should have watched again and probably last week would have been beneficial to this <laughs> <Yes>. exercise <laughs> today. Can we pause and Big Nick can watch the movie real quick before <laughs> right. we come into this category? We're going to take a two hour and 15 minute break. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. Here's your local sponsors. All right. No. So, so anybody out there that's not familiar with Reservoir Dogs, um, let me give just a little bit of a synopsis. I probably should have done this for Goodfellas too, but uh, so a group of criminals who are strangers to each other, they get hired by a crime boss to carry out a diamond robbery. So right at the offset, they're given false names with the intention that they won't get too close and really will just concentrate on the job instead. (laughs) And they're completely sure that the robbery is going to be a success, but then police show up right at the time and the site of the robbery. So panic spreads, you know, among the group members and once criminals assemble at the premeditated rendezvous point, which is a warehouse, they begin to suspect that one of them is an undercover cop. So that's kind of the the overlying premise. Quentin Tarantino film, fantastic movie. If you haven't seen it, why do I got to be Mister Pink? And, and, and Mark, I want to thank you for the synopsis because now I know something about the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest; you could probably watch this movie and still have questions about some things. It's it's I, very Tarantino style of yeah. nondescript. But uh, all right, so we got two categories for uh, for this movie, gentlemen. We've got. Uh, over or under, and which is it? 
Okay, so we've just got two two different ones to choose from on this specific one. So, with that said, Mr. B, you get to uh, kick things off. Let's go with um, your first choice. Over or under, or which is it? I'm going to go with over under, sir. Over under. All right. How many days did it take to film Reservoir Dogs? <laughs> That's a good one. Probably so, I will set the over under at 40 days. And it's one that... because. That was, if I, I could be, I think that was before Pulp Fiction. So I don't know if he, it might've been a shorter filming. Cause if there's only, there was only like two or three sets. If I remember that movie. So, you know what? I think it's under, I'm going to go under 40 days. Under 40 days. You locking Lock that in? It in? Yeah. Tarantino. Boom. Lock it in Tarantino. All right. Uh, Joe, uh, Joe Pesci left the room. His movie talks over. All right. Uh, Mr. B, six in a row, sir. Um, I should have vetted these movie choices a little better because Mr. B is just on a tear. Big Nick, I don't, if, I don't even know if it matters who's going against Mr. B at this point. He no. is in fuego. On fire. I'm, just, I'm in the zone. I'm, I don't even know how to... I can't, if I even talk about it, my head might fall off. So in in defense of myself here, couple, I, I'm, I'm not saying that Did I mentioned I, I haven't seen these movies in 20 years. I believe I, I, I believe the questions to be equally fair. So I'm not trying to paint that picture, but I will say this. Several of the ones he's got right were my answers, right? So uh, that like, means at least you know the questions. You're, you're, I know some of the stuff. Yeah. But yeah. I'm yeah. just not getting my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Touche. Touche. How many days was it, Mark? Do we know? It was uh, under so, yeah. So it was actually 35 days. Ooh. Which, I mean, is that's, that's insane and crazy like, to think about in a major release. I mean, a lot of indie releases yeah. and stuff, but, and again, that, if, that movie, if you like, after you, you watch it a couple of times, you realize it's only like a couple sets and it's a lot of uh, interaction with just a few actors. So right. that's why they were able to do it so quick, you know, but done well, <coughs> worth watching. Big Nick, you got homework after the show. The first Rocky, 39 days. Yeah. And so I think back That's then, you know, when you, know when that. you have like a a short leash and a short and a small budget, you're cranking it out, yeah. you know. And yeah. and I mean, but what a gem! Both of those movies to to do under forty days. Oh, I yeah. mean, Reservoir Dogs is a hell of a movie, and of course, Rocky. Yeah, yeah. And I think it kind of speaks to Tarantino's style of keeping things simple too. I mean, there was questions about why they never filmed the actual robbery. And he was like, well, part of it was to keep the budget down. But, you know, the other part well, of it is it keeps to the, keep it a little bit of a mystery. It's like the, yeah. when you don't see the bad guy. There's a little more mystique. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So, all right, Big Nick, over or under, which is it? You still have a fighter's chance to tie this thing up. I want which is it? Which is it? All right. Mm-hmm. One of the fine gentlemen... At the breakfast table scene in the beginning of the movie, refuses to tip a waitress. <laughs> Which character refuses to tip the waitress? Is it Mr. Pink or is it Mr. Brown? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Big Nick knows it already. He can't what believe I, how easy this one is. The one that popped in my mind was not a choice. So, Why do I got to uh, be Mr. Pink? <laughs> Sorry. 
I love That's it. Such a good scene, man. Right, Honestly, right, like, gonna, go ahead, Big Nick. I'm sorry. I'll go with Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown. All right. Well, that's wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know Big anyway. Nick is, I think he's leaving. <laughs> yeah, I think he just. I think he just got in his car and oh. started it. It's. Uh, I think he has a switchblade. <laughs> All right. So that leaves us at six to two. We've got both categories open. Mr. B, take your pick, sir. Let's go with uh, which is it? Which is it? Which is it? All right. One of the radio ads heard in the background is for the fictitious 1950s themed restaurant and home of the $5 milkshake that was also featured in Pulp Fiction. Was it Jack Rabbit Slims or was it Hawthorne Grill? Oh, uh, and obviously, I, I must. Maybe I really love Quentin Tarantino <laughs> secretly, but it is Jack Rabbit Slims. Lock it in as a point, sir. Yes, that is a point, sir. I'm not even going to hold any suspense, Mister B. Running away with it here. Oh, I'm Big Nick. I'm sorry, man. Next, this, Big Nick. Let's, to pull, uh, I'll pull the goalie here in a second, buddy. I don't know what to do. Let's uh, let's try and. Uh, <laughs> Let's try and save face here, Big Nick. Which which uh, category would you like, sir? Do you want me to pick? <laughs> <laughs> dealer's yeah, choice. Yeah, you go ahead and pick. You dealer's go choice. Pick. Yeah. Yeah. All right, dealer's choice. Tell me which category right. it is. True or false? Was that a movie? <laughs> <laughs> Are all these questions actually about Reservoir Dogs? <laughs> oh, Big Nick, I love you, buddy. All right. What was the budget for Reservoir Dogs? And this is the part of the over-under category. I will set the over-under at $2 million. What was the budget for Reservoir Dogs? That's a good over-under right there. Mm. Mm. Look, he's doing doing calculus in his brain. (sighs) What year was that? Um, So this was released in 1992. Mm. The euro was still not great. (laughs) (laughs) Or existent. (laughs) I made all my money in coffee futures. (laughs) Pork belly. Beverly Hills cop. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go under. Under? It does not sound confident at all. I've already gone under, technically, but it's, I'm choosing under. It's deteriorated at this point, Big Nick. Um, I hate to say, but um, I will tell you there is a glimmer of hope because that is correct. It actually was yeah. under. So, yeah, Big Nick. On the board in round two. On the board in round two. All right, Mr. B, both categories are open. Over or under, or which is it? Let's go with which is it again, sir? Which is it? At the Toronto International Film Festival in September 1992, a few weeks before the theatrical release, there was a movie showing for Reservoir Dogs. Which iconic horror movie director had to walk out of the movie due to the scene where Officer Nash was being tortured? Is it George Romero? who is famous for Creepshow, Dawn of the Dead, Land of the Dead, just about anything of the dead that you can think of? 
or was it Wes Craven, who's famous for The Last House on the Left, The Hills Have Eyes, A Nightmare on Elm Street? George Romero or Wes Craven? Wow, great question. And it's funny, I do remember like discussion of that because that scene is pretty pretty rough to watch. But man, yeah. I, I don't have any clue on either one. Um, I'm going to take a, a dart throw and just say uh, Romero. George I, Romero. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, the man of the dead couldn't handle the yeah. torture in the I, warehouse. I, well, and I guess my is I I guess the uh, Wes Craven films were always to me a little more gruesome from what I can yeah. remember. So I'll say yeah. he could probably take it. So Romero walked out, lock it All in, right. lock it <laughs> in with a question maybe? mark. With a question mark. I don't know. Judges, lock it in. The man of the dead can't handle the torture, according to Mr. B. Um, well, I can tell you it's a nightmare on your street, Mr. B, because it was Wes Craven that actually oh, walked out of that movie. Okay. So, man. unfortunately, you are incorrect, is sir. Does my, my streak end at seven? It does. And oh. which is kind of crazy to me because The Hills Have Eyes has to be one of the most disturbing movies yes, I've seen. That, that There's one, a lot of torture in that movie. Yeah. yeah. Like it's I, very creepy. Like I would have went Romero as well. Okay. I would have picked Romero as yeah. well. Yeah. All right. Well, I toiled feel, over what you feel better, but I, I toiled over what other option to put. John Carpenter was one I thought about putting in there as an option, but George Romero seemed like it was tempting enough. And obviously mm -hmm. Mr. B took the bait. So well played, sir. All right, Big Nick. I know where you live. Both options are open, sir. Over or under? Which is it? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll go. Uh, let me go over or under. There you go. Over or under. All right. So we're going to go back to that classic breakfast scene at the beginning of the oh, movie. God. <laughs> All right. So the beginning of the movie, the characters are huddled around. They're having conversations about the meaning of Madonna's like a virgin <laughs> and the value of tipping waitresses, as we've already discussed, oh. which again, if you haven't seen this movie, just watch the first like 20 minutes. It's worth it just for that. My question is, how many characters are having breakfast together in the beginning of that classic scene? <laughs> the over-under is set at seven. Oh! Yes, that's a great question. Like a virgin. I'm going under. Big Nick goes under. All right, judges, let's lock that in. And wow, wow, Big Nick, your <laughs> luck continues to not impress, unfortunately, my oh, friend. Oh, Big Nick, it's a rough day for you. It was, you're, uh, you're in a batter slump. So I think, Big Nick, since you remember the movie so well, this is probably what threw you off. There were six criminals in the movie. So you've got right. Mr. Blonde, Mr. Orange, Mr. Pink, Mr. Blue, Mr. White, Mr. Brown. Six of them. What technically really makes this a gangster movie is the fact that Joe Cabot and his his son, nice guy, Eddie, from the mob family are also at the table. And they're the ones that hire these six fine gentlemen to perform the heist. And yep. it's all eight of those guys sitting at the table together. What I was if, if, if there would have been no over and under, I was going to pick seven as the number. So when you chose that as the over under that. Well, and I knew if one of you remembered that six was the amount of guys as the criminals, seven if I was a, six, it no. wouldn't. Nobody would have ever guessed under. Hey, you know what I mean? Seven was the perfect over under. 
Yeah. So Sorry, Big to, Nick. I had Sorry, to be buddy. sneaky. I had to be it's sneaky. Sorry. Right. All right, guys. We got uh, we got two questions left. Let's roll through these. Mr. B, which is it? It's the only category left, so I'm going to throw it at you. I'm going to go with the other one. Good choice. As I mentioned in the movie summary, there are suspicions that one of the men was working undercover. Which criminal is actually the undercover cop in that movie? Is it Mr. Orange or is it Mr. Blonde? Uh, that's because I know who played the role, but yeah, I don't remember his What's name. His name? Oh, man, that's a great one. For some reason, Mr. Blonde reminds me of the guy that went off the chain, but you know what? I, I th- I'm going to go with Mr. Blonde. I think it was Mr. Blonde. Just lock it in so my head doesn't overthink it. Mr. Blonde, lock it in. Uh, Mr. B, you have really fallen off a cliff here at the end of this show. And that would be incorrect, sir. It was Mr. Orange who actually was the undercover. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. Come on. That's common knowledge. Common knowledge. All right, Big Nick. Last question. You've been a great sport. I know you haven't seen these movies in a while, so I apologize. That, Big Nick, uh, this, this, kinda, one's worth, this one's worth four points, buddy. They, they hit you in a soft spot, but, uh, but let's finish off strong here. Quentin Tarantino was the writer and creator for Reservoir Dogs, but he also starred in the movie. Which character did Quentin Tarantino play? <laughs> was it Mr. Brown or was it Mr. Blonde? <laughs> uh. I'm going to go with Mr. Brown. You are correct, sir. It was Mr. Brown. Very nice, Big Nick. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. I don't feel any better about myself. (laughs) All right. So just for fun, guys, I do have a couple bonus questions I'll throw out, and then we can wrap uh, tonight's episode up. So these are just a couple for fun questions. You guys can both take guesses at them if you like. Uh, Number one, how many times was the F-bomb used in Goodfellas? I'll set the over-under at 275. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I think it's over. I think they, because it was F-bombs left and right, so I think it's over. Well, and that's why I haven't watched the movie that many times, because I do not appreciate <laughs> that kind of language. Big Nick actually only watches... movie. No, he watches fine cinema, not this low-brow F-bomb. I, I watch films, <laughs> not yes. movies. He okay. watches on reel-to-reel. There you yeah. go. There I'll you go. go over. I'll go over. over. All right. Well, you guys would both be correct. It was actually used 300 times in that movie. That is a lot of F-bombs. Which was one too many. Yeah, it sounds one like too many. Just <laughs> one. Sounds like a normal conversation between the three of us on a Tuesday. Just one too many. <laughs> Just one too many. All right. I and then last, so much. last question. This one may, may be more for uh, Mr. B since he has Reservoir Dogs res- uh, memorized. So, Mr. Pink in the opening breakfast scene was dissatisfied with the number of coffee refills that he received. So, according to Mr. Pink, a waitress should refill his coffee how many times to deserve a tip? The over-under set at five. It's over, because he wants his coffee. It was like something crazy, like seven times. He's like, we've been here for like an hour and a half. I want my coffee refilled like nine times. And he also and was, one of the guys next to him was like, I don't want your coffee filled twice. Yeah. And he was also the jerk that didn't want to tip. So that would be correct. Yes. That would be correct. Big Nick, you got a guess? I don't need a guess. You just said that it was correct. <laughs> oh, <laughs> now yeah. you're just playing, well, well, you're just playing head games yeah, with well, me. Just play a coy with Big Nick. Good job, Pat Sajak. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jets. Well, that's two classic gangster movies from the 90s. Obviously, before we revisit this topic, Big Nick is going to need to go back and watch all the gangster movies from the 90s in order 
to be competitive for our next round. But I appreciate it, guys. You guys both have been good sports. And uh, any of the closing, uh, any of the closing thoughts before we wrap up tonight, gentlemen? All right, this is completely weird and off the rails here, but um, <laughs> I remember listening to. I'm a longtime Howard Stern listener. Okay, mm-hmm. and. The people that have been listening to Stern since back in the day will know I'm that Henry, Henry Hill would get drunk and like call in. Like, I mean, he's drunk at like eight in the morning. Like, and he really? would call into the Stern show and they would keep him on for as long as they could. And sometimes he's calling in from his home or from a payphone or, you know, just these random spots. One time when he called in, Sometimes he'd be so drunk you couldn't even understand what he was saying. Yeah. But but other times he'd be perfectly coherent. One time he was on there and Spider's sister called into the show at the same time and gave him the what for about him wow. being all out there, you know, selling the movie and writing the movie and uh really? you know, and, and he wouldn't apologize to her. He's like, Look, lady, I, I'm not the guy that killed your your brother. I didn't kill your brother. It was, wow. it's, it's a piece of radio. I'll never forget. Wow. I'm going to yeah. need to go look that up. That's got to be on YouTube somewhere. That's crazy. Oh, man. Yeah. That's no, crazy. He, well, he, he was not, he was not a fan of people involved in underground crime. Well, and Stern, Stern just kept trying to tell Henry, he's like, just apologize to the lady. Just be, you know, try to be nice. Like it, yeah. I didn't kill her. I wasn't the one that killed him. I wasn't the one that killed him. You know, it's like, just apologize. She's, she's hurting. She's in, you know, and uh, it, it was, I'll never forget it. Well, and the funny thing is, so I actually had watched that movie recently. I, somebody I knew had not seen it. So it's probably part of, part of the reason it was fresh in my mind was I watched it just a couple months ago. And A, just literally an unbelievable movie. I mean, from, from front to back, from the actors and everything. But if you notice when you watch the movie, Ray Liotta who plays Henry Hill is narrating a lot of the movie, right? So that first clip that we played right in the very beginning of the podcast, right? That's Ray Liotta right off. That's the first, you know, right at the the beginning of the movie. And there's actually a book called Wise Guy written by, I'm probably going to butcher this, but Nicholas Pelegi, I think is how you pronounce his name. You butchered it. Yeah, but he actually uh, linked up with Henry Hill and chronicled everything. And that's actually what Martin Scorsese read and decided to make the movie based off of that. So all of the narration that's in the movie by Ray Liotta are actual quotes from Henry Hill in the book. So none of the stuff that he narrates is stuff that was made for the movie. Those are actual all real life quotes by Henry Hill. Which could be sober, clear thoughts, or incredibly hammered. And and Henry and he, Hill, because oh, you get yep. him calling in drunk, you have to wonder how much he embellished after the fact. There's one call where they're they're harassing him because they know he's hammered, and they're like, "Well, let's see what we can get out of him, right?" And so they're trying to they're like, "Where where did they hide Hoffa?" And he said that they buried him under like the green of some golf course. And they, he was drunk enough. He starts spouting off the name of the golf course and what hole it was. And who knows? Somebody that's willing to say that stuff. You have to wonder, like, also, is there credibility? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of fact. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I won't I won't say on the air that he doesn't have credibility. <laughs> but Mr. B, you're welcome to. I mean, <laughs> I'm he's not, no, he, I'm he's not no worried about her alive. Yeah. Though, right? I'll say Henry Hill. If, if he's even if he's alive, he's like 90. So. Well, and he, I mean, he, he had I a think very he died. Bad I think he died like 10 years ago. Problem. Yeah. 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 
All right, Jens. Yeah, he did die about nine years ago, but okay. All right, gentlemen. Well, it's been a good episode. Appreciate everybody joining in. If you have not already, like us, follow us, comment us, give us reviews. We appreciate it. We can't wait to have you guys back in the sandbox with us next time. Until then, we're just a couple gangsters hanging out here. We'll see you next time, y'all. See you, gangsters. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.